D-S-N-Y. There we go. This is episode 103 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. Uh, I don't know if you're also watching the game right now. I am watching the game. The Yankees are currently down 4 nothing. It's not going as well as yesterday's game went or the day before that. I am not watching the game. In fact, um, I had a date night tonight, so I had to kind of, you know, stop watching baseball yeah, work life bit. balance it and is what it is i'm i'm always here i'm working i'm doing work 100 percent of the time and allison's off you know gallivanting around the town it is what it is work life balance I just have a life that's all yeah you just have a life i don't i have zero life um yeah no i mean we won two games at the trop already so no matter what happens today i'm kind of happy with this series i guess you know i'm fine with the way it turned out the offense wasn't really all that great the pitching was great uh, except for today. And that actually brings a point. Jameson Tyone, everyone keeps talking about his peripheral stats. Still waiting for those peripheral stats to show up in the game because so far it hasn't really happened yet. And the Yankees are losing 4 nothing. I don't like that. I have to say, though, the first two games in the series were incredibly unique, but I loved it because I feel like the Yankees never win close games at the drop. So it no, we never win any games at the drop. Well, okay. Yes, that is also a point. But I feel like... They either, if they do win, it's a blowout. And just the fact that these two games were so close, yesterday's one nothing win was probably the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because how many times have, in the past couple of years, have you entered the ninth inning up one run and just been able to actually close it out at the drop? Never. That never happens. It was perfect. Garrett Cole was he pitched a gem yesterday. Ooh, Michael King dialing up 96. I didn't know he had that in the bag. Uh, yeah, no, Garrett Cole yesterday was, he was the the pitcher that was promised, the 2019 Garrett Cole that we wanted. And there's something weird about just the way that he gets locked in. And I guess it's guys like him and Jacob deGrom, who when they get locked in, they're not like a Trevor Bauer, who's like fired up and showing you every single time. Like, yeah, I'm fired up right now. I'm locked in. They just look embarrassed four hitters stepping into the plate they're like they're just out there doing their job blowing 98 blowing people away the changeup is filthy for garrett cole right now he's throwing it three times more than he ever has and it's just it's working for him so he just kind of slices and dices a lineup up and he's like yeah whatever i'm just doing my job i mean there's these guys never really had a chance against me anyway well, the other thing, too, is that I looked at some of the stats and he had got a lot of swings and misses on fastballs and the Rays are notoriously a fastball hitting team. So I'll take it. it that's great. And then, of course, Jordan Montgomery was the, uh, you know, the other pitcher in this series, and he pitched very well himself. Yes, that's what we love to see. Jordan Montgomery putting in that work. That mm -hmm. is Jordan Montgomery and Clint Frazier. I probably hype those two guys up more than literally anybody else on the team combined. And so far it hasn't really been going for me. <laughs> it's, it's not been going so well <laughs> this year. At least one of those panned out. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery. Oh no. Oh God. Oh my word. Oh, Randy Rosarena just hit a three run home run off Michael King. 
that's yeah. not good. Yeah, now yeah. it's seven nothing. So I, I think I think I'm gonna go ahead and chalk this game up in the lost column. But you know, we take two or three in the trop. It's just not a place that the Yankees ever win. It's the worst stadium in baseball. We had we had the catwalk incident that came into play again, and it's just when they designed this stadium, I don't think they actually designed it for baseball, even though this is the only thing that it's used for. But you just have these catwalks hanging above field and it's like you have different rules for the catwalks like if it hits catwalk a or b it's a live ball it's like okay well that turned a routine fly ball to right field into a double that landed just beyond the infield and it's just it's so dumb it's oh, i hate this place so much and the turf <laughs> and the way the lighting is against the white roof it's just, how are you supposed to play baseball here who designed this piece of shit Interestingly enough, you know, stadiums like Yankee Stadium, for example, play soccer there. Fenway Park, they've done hockey there, things like that. But quite literally, the trap is designed for baseball. Nothing else. They didn't get the memo. Yeah, it's like, and I, I can understand, you know, if I was a soccer fan, I'd probably be upset that my team plays soccer on a baseball field. But I mean, Yankee Stadium looks fine for it. You know, they they put grass over the dirt and it's it's fine. It, it just works. And you just play soccer there and you have two teams sharing a stadium. Now that's great. Good for you guys. You figure out how to fit two sports into one gigantic stadium way to save uh way to save the environment. But, but this is all they do in Tampa. This is it. Then they just designed it this way on purpose. They purposefully did this and it's the turf is bad for players and the roof and oh, i can't get over it and this it's why people have such a hard time winning in the trap it's not just the yankees it's not like the yankees are the only team that struggle in the trap because it's a stupid ballpark and it's just over the past couple years especially because of this this little bit of a budding rivalry that we have with the rays right now it's been kind of bad i mean we're not beating them in yankee stadium that much either the rays have had our number over the past couple years mm -hmm. but at least in yankee stadium it feels like a fair fight over here, it feels like we're playing on, on different fields. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a stadium that I don't even want to go visit. I feel like it's just terrible all around. The lighting is just so bad in general, and I can't even imagine being a player on the field and having to deal with that. But, um, you know, this series has also started some drama, and it's not because of the opponent. It's because the freaking New York Yankees are now a hotbed for the coronavirus. Yeah, it's kind of wild that the CDC is looking at the Yankees specifically like, yeah, some, some weird shit happened with the Yankees. So the CDC is going to personally investigate this, what's going on with the Yankees. It's not just some random COVID outbreak that oh, a few people got COVID. They were all vaccinated. Uh, I actually, I read Lindsay Adler's article where she just answered all of the questions that people have about what happened with the Yankees COVID. And mm -hmm. it sounds like most of them got Johnson & Johnson, which is like the least effective that's what I was wondering. I didn't read the article yet, but I was highly questioning what vaccine they got. So yeah, and and to be fair, that everybody's asymptomatic uh, mm -hmm. except Phil Nevin had symptoms and for a couple of days, and now he's fine. Uh, so that's good news because Phil Nevin's old as shit. So uh, that's that worries me. I don't want Phil Nevin getting sick sick with COVID because I mean, that's I don't bad. want him getting sick either, but I also don't want him sending John Carlos Stanton home anymore. So like. <laughs> What do we do here? Can we have a happy medium or something? Yeah, and it's just, 
I, it's like surreal. And there are other teams that are going through COVID stuff. Like the Padres got hit pretty hard. JT Real Muto is going on the COVID IL. There are other teams that have COVID issues right now, but mm-hmm. the Yankees were one of the first teams to reach that 85% threshold for vaccinations. And now I, I imagine almost every single person in that clubhouse in that tier one status is vaccinated. Uh, I, I would be surprised if it's not all of them, honestly. And yeah. we just have this weird COVID outbreak. Like everyone gets the vaccine. We're supposed to be past this. We're supposed to be fine. And then all of a sudden we have eight people who in the organization who get COVID. And I'm surprised that they're even playing the games. I know because we got that 85% threshold, we're still allowed to play games even with guys who go on the COVID list. But there's just been so many that it's like, all right, maybe maybe let's take a beat here. Maybe let's take a break for a second and figure out what happened because this is, this is some scary shit. This is some CDC is about to come here. Scary shit. Yeah. It seems as though Aaron Boone spoke about it prior to the game today, I think, or maybe it was yesterday, but he said that the rain delay um, over the weekend, they all were in very, very close quarters. The coaches were. So that's kind of where they assume that, you know, it happened, but it's just so weird. And now Glaber Torres, obviously asymptomatic as well, but it was kind of weird how they basically just said, oh yeah, he's getting tested, but nobody else got tested. I think, well, they only have to get tested twice a week. And I'm sure there was some kind of contact tracing that went on within the organization. Like a particular coach was working with Glaber Torres who Mm -hmm. testified. I'm sure it was something like that. Uh, or they all got tested and Glaber was the only one who came back positive. And this is like the worst part of this, that they don't technically, they can't technically tell you that Glaber Torres is getting COVID testing because so-and-so is close to him, whatever. They yeah. just know that Torres is going on the COVID IL and we don't know why, because we're legally not allowed to tell you why. It's like, well, we all kind of know what happened. We think Glaber Torres might've gotten COVID. I think that's a pretty realistic expectation, uh, but it's left us in a position where we're choosing between Tyler Wade and Gio Rochella to play shortstop every day for the next couple of weeks. Gio, all the way. Let's go, baby. I love Gio at shortstop. And I have to imagine that the the defensive metrics nerds are like, they're they're just kicking themselves right now, thinking about an infield defense of Miguel Andujar at third, Gio Rochella at shortstop. At least we got DJ at second. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then Luke Voigt and Mike Ford at first base. Like that's going to be the worst defensive infield in all of baseball. Not that it's anything against Gio playing shortstop, but his problem, I think, is that he doesn't really have a ton of range. And range seems pretty important at shortstop. More so than third base, I would say. Yeah, it's usually a big thing. Um, and it's, you know, Miguel Andujar is back up. So, you know, quite honestly, I know a lot of people are like, oh, we don't need him. We don't need him. But right we do. now, we do need him. And we want him to play well. And I just feel for the guy. I was watching him when he was playing down here in Syracuse uh, in AAA. And I just felt bad. And I was explaining to my friend just like his story and what happened. And, you know, the fact that he was literally in the running for rookie of the year. And And then he got Wally pipped. Right. It was ridiculous. So I feel so terrible. I want him to do so well, but at the same time, not too, too well. Yeah, not not so well that it's going to affect the team long term, but right. I'm fine with him, you know, being in AAA and being that option. I'm okay with that. He's he's a pretty good hitter. He he did get lucky his rookie season. I think the numbers show that that his expected batting average was a lot lower than his actual batting average, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know something to watch. And maybe he put a little more power in that swing over the past couple of years. Those doubles turn into home runs. And also, could we just talk about how 
upset Wally Pipp's family must be for his name being synonymous with being pretty good, but also losing your position. Like that guy, that guy got the worst break. A totally fine player, totally fine fielder, totally fine hitter. And then he goes on the injured list and Lou Gehrig just takes his place. The poor guy. Well, listen, I mean, there, there's gotta be a, a couple a couple of uh, situations similar, not similar to that, but situations where someone's name becomes synonymous with something terrible. You know, Bill Buckner. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Bill Buckner. At least that was his doing. He missed the ground ball. Yeah. All Wally Pipp did was get injured and then lose his spot to maybe the greatest first baseman who ever lived. Hmm. Yeah, but hey, at least he didn't lose his spot to like a Tyler Wade type no no one will ever lose their spot to tile right and also the it's seven nothing now the game is out of yeah. hand so the yes network has just fallen back on showing clips of paul o'neill kicking the baseball that's just what we do in uh, blowout yeah. losses we make fun of paul for kicking a baseball hey always a good time always a good time yeah oh man rich hill rich hill threw 104 pitches mm-hmm. and 104 shutout oh my god rich hill that guy's like 80 well, he's on the Rays now. It means a different thing. I don't like See, this is, we've gotten pretty lucky with having off days to record on. And this is, you know, not so lucky. At least, you know, sometimes the Yankees are winning when we record and we can be happy mm-hmm. about it. I mean, like, hey, Clint Frazier just hit a home run. That's great. That's fun for the podcast. And now, I mean, I'm just sitting here watching the game and watching Rich Hill throw 104 pitches, shut out the Yankees over six and two thirds. It's kind of bullshit. I don't, I don't care for that. That sucks. Well, we also have Thursdays where there's day games. So it's even better because then you still have a game to talk about. You still had time to watch the game and then you get to podcast. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, you know, we kind of covered the Tampa series. We also had the nationals this week. We won a couple mm-hmm. weird ones over the weekend, a couple close games, uh, a couple close we, games where yeah. Glaber Torres hugged everyone. So I'm just saying, yeah, not, not great. Not really what you want. <laughs> But two walk-offs, I love it. You know, it's it's good to kind of get that spirit back into play. I like seeing that. Um, however, one of the games, they pinch hit Aaron Judge for Brett Gardner, and I was not happy about it. Brett Gardner almost took a curveball to the wrong place today. That was very scary. Today? Yeah, today. he. I was watching the game in class, and he squared around a bunt on Rich Hill, and Rich Hill lost a curveball a little too far inside, a little, a little middle-middle, if you know what I mean. Uh, and luckily he got out of the way, but you know, the ball was, it was right there. It was just, and Brett Gardner was squared to bunt. He was totally open to the pitcher. It was not a good situation. I can tell you this, Brett Gardner got hit yesterday or not yesterday, two days ago. He got hit. Luke Voigt got hit two days ago. I don't like it. I don't like the race thrown high and inside. I need CC Sabathia back out here. Yeah, let's get that that's for you, bitch, action going. Let's go. You want to meet in the middle? Let's go. Yeah, for sure. Sign him to sign him to a one-day deal. Just a one-day deal. And don't even put him on the mound. Just put him like in the dugout so he can be, you know, barking at him the entire time. I would say the Yankees have lost a lot of that, like that, you know, come meet us and we'll absolutely destroy you. Like, I mean, we lose Dellum to Tansas, we lose CC Sabathia. We've lost a lot of those big dudes. And now, I mean, we still have Aaron Judge and Luke Voigt and John Carlos Stanton, but you know, 
no one really got it going like CC Sabathia because he was definitely the one person out of all the big dudes that we had. Like he was ready to go. If we were going to throw hands, CC Sabathia was going to be right in the middle. Aaron Judge is just going to try to be holding people back, and Stanton's not really getting in the mix, and all the, all those other people. I guess Gary Sanchez has a little bit of a history of throwing hands. Yeah, but to be completely honest, if the Yankees were to get in a fight, even though they're technically not allowed to, if they were to get in a fight. I don't know. I just don't think they have the spark to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Brett Gardner just flew out to left field, too. Not good. Mm. Three hits. Rich Hill gave up three hits in six and two thirds. Rich Hill, that guy owned us today. I don't, oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. We have, it's a lefty who doesn't throw hard. This is supposed to be our bread and butter. This is when all the power bats are supposed to come out and be like, yeah, we're going to hit 10 home runs today. And they just, oh, they get three hit by Rich Hill. Rich Hill, that guy. Ugh. I like Rich Hill. He's a good dude. I'm sure he's a great dude, but it's like ugh, a lefty curveball thrower. Like you're just begging to give up home runs against the Yankees. We only have right-handed power hitters. Those are the only hitters we have in our lineup, except Brett Gardner today, because Aaron mm-hmm. Hicks did not play today. Uh, oh, man. I don't... Uh, this. I don't know why this week feels like it's been going really poorly for the Yankees, but we're still like on a hot streak. We're eight and two in our last 10. It's about to be seven and three. But right now, before this game ends, we're eight and two. But it just doesn't feel that way. James, it ain't over yet. You're really bugging me right now. You keep saying it's a loss. It's a loss. Who knows? Seven nothing. They come back. Seven nothing else. If they come back, I will. uh, What am I going to do? This is Mo. I'll, I'll print out one of my articles and I'll eat it on the podcast. That's what I'll do. That's what people say when they write a take and they say, oh, I'll eat my article. I'll eat my column. That's what people do. Uh, well, I'll tell you some positive news from today. Luis Severino had a throwing session. He touched 96 miles an hour. Nice. I love that. Luis Severino getting ever closer. Always good. Always good. I'm super excited to see him when he eventually comes back. Yes, of course. And that also reminds me that I feel like we need to temper Yankees fans' expectations a little bit once again. Mm-hmm. There is next to no chance that the Yankees end up with Max Scherzer going into the postseason. We are not going to get Max Scherzer at the trade deadline. It's not going to happen. That we would? So many people, so many people are begging for Max Scherzer, and they're already like what? drawing up that that playoff rotation of of Cole Scherzer, Severino, Kluber. Like they're already drawing it up. And relax, everybody, relax. We're not getting Max Scherzer. We're not going to take on that money. We're not going to give up, you know, just Son Dominguez or any other top prospect. They're like, what would the Nationals even want from us? What uh, we have nobody they to give would the want Nationals. Everyone, every single person, if they were giving away Max Scherzer. Yeah, we don't. We don't everyone. have any prospects who are like right there. Like oh, we don't no, have any I of those prospects, prospects anymore. They just want the entire team. Yeah, the entire team. We'll just give them the team. Right. I mean, there's really no fair trade for that anyway. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny because I, I haven't – maybe I just haven't been on Twitter that much. I haven't heard as many people begging for Max Scherzer. I really, really like him. Of course, would I kill to have him on the team? Probably, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, no. I, I mean, if, if all it took was killing somebody to get Max Scherzer on the team, you know, sign me up. I'll do the 25 to life. It's fine. Hmm. Um. But yeah, we're not going to trade anyone for him. That's the thing that every Yankees fan just forgets every year. Like nobody wants our prospects. We have some nice prospects, but they're all single A. Like Austin Wells, we drafted him what a year ago. Jason Dominguez, he just turned eighteen. 
Like None of these guys are even remotely close to being ready to play Major League Baseball. Why would the Nationals want to trade the best pitcher in the game for a bunch of guys who are going to take at least three years to even get here? And when they can get a much better offer from another team who actually has those prospects ready to go. I mean, I would even look so far as to say the San Diego Padres. If Denelson Lamette's injury is going to be, of you know, of course you would say that. I know, but I'm just saying, if Denelson Lamette's injury is going to be a problem all year, and they need to go out and get another starting pitcher to kind of maintain that level of starter that they have, they have the guys, the prospects in AAA to move for a Max Scherzer. We don't. We don't have that. Like it's just, it's just one example of just a team that can go and give you, give the Nationals something they might actually want. Right now, someone who's going to help them win games today. And it's just, uh, I don't know. Right. And I mean, at this very moment, obviously things can definitely change, but the Nationals are not contenders. Um, They're in last place in the NL East, which is uh, a tough division, tough division, Um, (laughs) a tough division with Miami and the Mets. Yeah, and and the Braves, although the Braves did lose Mike Soroka, it sounds like he's just going to miss an entire another year. He has to have an exploratory surgery just to find out if he needs surgery again. So Hmm, that's, yeah, that's not good. That's not what we want to hear from Mike Soroka. But I mean, the Braves are still good. Uh, The Mets are on a little bit of a hot streak too. I've seen that. New York sports is looking good right about now. The Knicks too. I mean. Yes, the Knicks clinched a playoff spot. I am Mm -hmm. so excited. Mm -hmm. This is. The Knicks are, are my favorite team to watch besides the Yankees, obviously, because there's a little bit of, you know, I don't have to worry about covering this game. I don't have to worry about seeing, well, how does Jamison Tyone look today? Does his stuff look good and he's just not getting results? I don't have to worry about that. I can just sit down and watch a basketball game for 45 minutes. I don't watch the NBA. It's an overglorified all-star game. That is a hot take. That it's is been a my hot take, take for about 10 years now. Yeah, I'll say if if anyone in my family listens to this podcast tomorrow, they're going to be very upset with you. They're going to be very upset. Come at me. I don't know. I just over glorified. No defense. I, I don't get it. Yeah. It's it's at that NYY chick on Twitter. If anybody wants to yell at Allison for her NBA take. That's me. That's at me. NY, yes. Tell that me I'm wrong. NYY chick. Go yell at her. I would love to think otherwise, but right now that's literally all I can see. I watch the finals. That's about it, but I do not watch regular season NBA games. Uh Uh-oh, Mike King just threw in on Yandy Diaz. He didn't like it. He didn't like it very much. Oh, he didn't like it? Oh, he didn't like it. He did that thing where he takes a nice long stroll and then shakes his head and looks back at the mound like, what, are you going to do something about it, Yandy? you going to do something about it? Michael King throwing at you in a 7 nothing game. you going to do something about that? I don't think so. Come on. (sighs) Men. Men. Yeah, you I, I get roped have into this. Handling their emotions, uh, yeah. Oh, he just threw in on him again. Oh boy. Oh no. Listen, he also gave up a three-run home run, and he hasn't given up any runs in thirteen and a third innings pitched. Maybe he's just freaking off. Yeah, and he's gonna get sent down tomorrow. Poor Michael King. He has done literally everything asked of him for, from the Yankees this year. He's just done everything, and he's just that guy. Like, hey, like. You throw five relief innings for us tomorrow. We're not going to get to use you for three or four days. So have fun on your way back to Scranton. I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, it's probably not fun to watch. I can't believe you're still watching. I mean, uh, I'm following yep, on my MLB app. 
that's a walk to DS. Yeah, I don't I don't really know why I'm still watching. It's it's game's over. But I also like I can't not watch because the Yankee game is on. And you mm-hmm. know, now that I know that Yandy Diaz has taken exception to Michael King throwing inside, if there's gonna be some fireworks, I'm ready oh. for it. I'm ready for it. I prefer those fireworks in a much closer game because it just means that much more. Yeah. Otherwise you just look like the team that's pouting yeah. because you're losing. You're a loser. Yeah. You hit somebody because they hit a home run off you. Like, come on, let's, let's get past this. Let's get past this. Uh, Kevin Padlow. Who the fuck is that? I've never heard of that guy before. He's a pinch runner. He's unimportant. <laughs> <sighs> unimportant. Yeah. Well, I guess nobody on the Rays is really unimportant because they all, everyone on the Rays has to have some kind of statistical advantage. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. and now Gary Sanchez is hurt. Oh, no. Oh, God. That's fine. Put Kyle Higashioka in rally starter. Rally starter. Kyle Higashioka is so good. It, makes, mm-hmm. it really does make no sense how good Kyle Higashioka has been for the last year because he wasn't that for so long. He was just this defensive catcher who sometimes had pop. And, you know, we go back and look like, oh, he had like eight hits this year. Five of them were home runs, but he also had like 100 at bats. So he's not really all that good at hitting. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just shows up and he's like, yeah, no, I, I'm not just starting because Gary Sanchez is bad. I'm starting because I'm the best catcher in baseball. There you go. He knew it. He knew it all along and we didn't believe in him. Well, some people didn't believe in him. No, we, we believed in him, sort of. We believed in his power. I didn't I didn't really expect him to hit the way he's hit this year, but we believed in his power. And I think it's fair to say that we're just never going to see Garrett Cole and Gary Sanchez together ever again. <laughs> That's over. Probably not. And you know what? I think Gary Sanchez might be okay with that too. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's you know, you just have to accept it. It's it doesn't matter if Gary Sanchez is okay with it or not. He's just not a good enough defensive catcher to be behind the plate for Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. Although Gary Sanchez does lead the league in throwing batters out who after a wild pitch. Well, I mean, I think he leads the universe in that. That is just a stat that he is really, really good at. Unbelievable. I can't believe that happened twice. Like the, yeah. the odds of it happening once, especially, I mean, that was in Camden yard. So they have mm-hmm. the brick behind home plate. So that's a little more believable. Like you're going to get a hard bounce off of this. I mean, at the trop, they just have a regular backstop and it just happened to bounce off a really specific part that bounced really far back to him. Well, oh, you're talking about this year. This year, yeah. The Camden oh, Yards okay. thing. That was, okay. you know, that was yep. a couple of years ago. I was going to say, because the other one, the, the super famous one in the, against the Astros was in uh, Yankee Stadium. Oh, yes. Yeah. That actually might might have been what I'm thinking of. I don't know. I'm just assuming it was Camden Yards because I'm looking for like a hard backstop. Like, yeah, they got the brick back there. The ball bounces back. So maybe it, maybe I'm just in my own mind. Maybe it was Houston. All I know is that one at Yankee Stadium just like lives in my dreams. That is one of the greatest plays I have ever seen live. I don't think I've ever seen another catcher do that. And here Gary Sanchez has done it twice. Mm-mm. No. And you know what? Maybe it's just because he's so used the ball going past him that he's like, okay, time to turn around now. All the other catchers just really have no idea how the backstop works because they don't need to. Yeah, it's just Gary Sanchez being Gary. It's Gary being Gary. Like the this is ES or this is Sports Center commercial. It's just Manny being Manny. Oh, I forgot to watch those, James. I didn't do my homework. Oh my God. We said we were gonna do our homework. I watched like 60 of them. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed them then. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you did, right? Oh, yeah, they were all amazing. 
Um, they were just as good as, as good as I remember them being. That was like, uh, that was my thing when I was in high school, I would always, when we were going to school, I'd be the first one to shower and like get up, get breakfast and stuff. So I'd just sit down and watch sports center for half an hour before the bus came. And that was like, this is sports center. I saw every single one of them, every single one. And I think Manny being Manny is one of my top ones. I had forgotten about it last week. Uh, but it's just, yeah. just Manny Ramirez just answers his phone and they're just like, what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, that is too funny. I, know also, I that. don't, I don't think that commercial would fly today either. <laughs> Probably not. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is bad. All right. Let's, let's forget this series. We won this series. Who cares? Who cares about the way this series ended? Uh, we got Baltimore coming up next on the road yeah. in Camden yards. Shame that Glaber Torres isn't going to be there. Um, but that's another chance to just keep this hot streak rolling. Well, Hey, maybe it'll get Aaron judge to actually like do something effective, you know, yeah. it sucks. Cause we, we would have had a chance to keep pace with the Red Sox today. The Red Sox are going to gain another game on why is Jordan Montgomery sniffing a baseball? I, I don't understand. Hey, don't question the man. Do not question that man. Him and Corey Kluber are just passing a baseball to each other, sniffing it. What is that? Oh. I love this kind of content. By the way, <laughs> keep the camera forever on Gio Urshela. He is the funniest thing in the dugout. Probably the most adorable thing. And I think I've stated this before. He is the most adorable man in baseball. He's probably having so much fun playing shortstop too. Oh yeah, for like sure. He just knows there's no reason that he's he should be out there right now. And they just the Yankees just need him to be there. So he's like, yeah, this is fine. I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gio would just, he would literally be happy being just the water boy he would be happy doing anything just being around these people oh man i can't imagine what geo's like in the clubhouse during brick gardener pranks it's really that guy who like almost gives it away from laughing too much before the actual <laughs> prank happens like he's just staring at clint frazier and tyler wade like hey hey guys hey tyler look in your shoe <laughs> have you gone to uh, your locker yet <laughs> <laughs> have, have you looked in your shoe today tyler <laughs> No, no reason. Uh, Brett definitely didn't go put to any my car. Tyler, you want to come with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's this is my favorite part of the podcast. We just make up what happens in the Yankees clubhouse. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we have never been in the uh, Yankees dugout or clubhouse or anything. However, I think we have a pretty good feel for the we guys. Know. We know what's going on there. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good feel for them. <laughs> I think so. Ah. Uh, Whatever. All right. We got Baltimore coming up. I'm not worried about that series. A good chance for us to keep pace with the Red Sox, maybe retake the AL East. Because once once we retake the AL East, it's over. It's over for the rest of the division. We're carrying it the rest of the way. That's it. It's done. And then I think we got Texas after that. Texas stinks. Nice chance to keep the winning streak rolling. Get a nice month of May. And this is like this is what we said in April when the Yankees were struggling. We're like, yeah, it's early. It's early. The Yankees always start slow. And then out of nowhere, they win like 20 of 23 games and then it's like oh everything was fine all along we're in those 23 games right now we're in that this is where we are yeah. and everything everything is fine except for losing seven nothing to the rays on getaway day that sucked on getaway day too ah you have a chance to sweep getaway at day, the they trump. literally are just like get me the hell out of here we did our job <sighs> so they don't really care right now i don't think i hate it you have a chance to sweep at the trop and Oh, it would have been so good for morale. Do you know how good I would feel right now if the Yankees swept at the Trop? It's just something we don't do. It would have been pretty impressive, to say the least. <sighs> Two or three. It's fine. Two or three. Bullshit. I'm mad. <sighs> 
All right. And then we have Texas and then Chicago. Uh, pretty easy schedule coming up. I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about Chicago either because Tony LaRue says their manager and I just know he's going to make the wrong choices at every possible turn. Par for the course. Yeah. Do you have anything else for the Yankees? It's a pretty slow week. No, I do not. Um, just besides they are making making things happen on the baseball field. Of course, that is a beautiful thing to finally see. But beyond that, no, nothing else. Absolutely. I have one thing to note, just one thing. Uh, oh, nope. Aaron Judge flew out. Uh, today, in roughly 20 minutes, Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert will make their MLB debuts. I'm very excited for that. I tried to pick up Jared Kelnick in all my fantasy leagues. Turns out somebody else got to him first. It's fine. I got Logan Gilbert, so hopefully he pitches well, too. I'm just wondering why these guys weren't ready a month and a half ago. Just just wondering why. And isn't Kelnick leading off today, too? He might be. And they gave him number 10. So it's like, yeah, we already know that this guy's going to be a superstar, and we knew he was ready all along, and yeah, service good for him. I'm, I'm excited to see him play too and, you know, hear how things go. Of course, I don't think I'm going to be able to stay up for the game, but you know, who knows? Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be like a 1.30 a.m. finish and I'm here for it. I'm, I'm all in on it. Uh, also, did you see the video of the Padres fan at, at, uh, yes, course field? That was, that was pretty wild. That's, that's been circulating my Padres Twitter fan base today. <laughs> oh, by the way, Michael King. What in God's name was that? that? Apparently, that was a motorcycle. The window is open right now, but I'm not even next to the road, okay? I'm in the back of the house. Oh, my word. But regardless... That guy um, must be really confident in himself. Yeah. So just so everyone's aware, Michael King, of course, gave up that giant three-run home run. His ERA is now a staggering 1.84. Oh, so bad. Send this guy back down to AAA. Send him down. They're going to do it anyway send them down. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just hoping Jameson Tyone starts getting better results. Cause I know mm-hmm. this is like, this is the battle that goes on that I, I really hate between the old school fans and the new school fans where you can see, and I, I fall on the side of the new school fans. Cause you know, your past performances don't really dictate how good you're going to be on any given day, but your overall numbers, like if you have a good FIP, if you have a good Sierra, then I have pretty much a lot more confidence than if you have a good ERA and bad peripherals, because that's just saying like, yeah, I've gotten a little bit lucky with ERA, but the advanced numbers say I'm a lot worse than this. So this is the analytics battle that happens every time a player is is misperforming his expected stats. Mm-hmm. I don't care for it. Oh, there's a baby on the screen now. This is great. This is this is prime yes network where they're just like, all right, what else? This is definite blowout, uh, blowout yeah. content. What, what can we do besides talk? Let's about this find game right someone now? in the crowd who's doing something interesting. We can't. <laughs> oh, let's find the cutest kid and just go with it. And let's just replay the Paul O'Neill kickball 100 times. Hey, I, I like that. It's OK. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, that's that's all I got for this week. I got to got to get ready for my Jared Kelnick show. Mm, and I, Logan I still have to eat dinner, so it's so late. It's like ten o'clock. You're telling me, psychopath. You know what? And I'm not gonna sleep after either. I'm just gonna stay awake. I'll be like, yeah, I'm full. I'm not gonna sleep either. I, I have sleep when I'm full. I have the bonus podcast to edit today. I, I, I have to right. finish That's it. Right. Well, I have to at least finish the first draft by tomorrow. But let's be honest. I know myself. 
once the first draft is finished, it's there's not going to be a second draft. It's just going to be the first draft. So yeah, that's usually what happens. Yeah, I have to finish that. So be on the lookout for that in the next you know week or so. That'll come out. Awesome. Sounds good. I will keep an eye out myself. All right. Then we'll see you all next week. All right. Sounds good.